it is Palm Sunday today, so we're breaking into our normal uh, series in Mark's Gospel. And rather than look at the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, which we normally uh, remember on this day, I'd like us to take a few steps back and look at some of the people that Jesus dealt with on his way to the, uh, the city of Jerusalem. And uh, the gentleman that uh, we are going to look at this morning is called Zacchaeus. Uh, he's not mentioned in the Gospel of Mark, so we're not going to be able to deal with him in our regular series. Uh, but uh, as the children's chorus says, Zacchaeus was a very little man. And as they would say in Scotland, he was a little wee man. And I just want to bring a few things out about Zacchaeus this morning and uh, make us see uh, this wonderful gospel in the way uh, that Jesus uh, deals with uh, this man. Now, Zacchaeus wasn't just a short man. Uh, he was... Uh, very short on godliness, if I can put it like that. Uh, he wasn't the kind of person you would have expected to be interested in Jesus Christ. Uh, so uh, we're told uh, quite plainly and bluntly, there was a man named Zacchaeus, verse 2, who was a tax collector. Now, that occupation was the lowest of the low for the Jewish people. Uh, you, you were the scum of society if you were involved in collecting taxes for the Romans. And apparently Jericho was on the main highway and it was a very lucrative place uh, to be involved in taking tax from the people. But Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector, was he? We're told here he was the chief tax collector. Uh, some commentators think that he didn't even have to do any more tax collecting. He was the middleman, as it were, and he would skim uh, the profits uh, off uh, uh, the, 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 the taxes that were being collected. And as a result, he got really uh, rich. Um, I think one commentator, uh, tongue-in-cheek, says, Zacchaeus was the linchpin of the Jericho tax cartel, <laughs> if you're ever interested in looking at uh, drug uh, programs. Well, uh, this was not a drugs cartel, but a tax cartel. And so he was a toxic character. There was no way that you would expect somebody like Zacchaeus to believe in Jesus Christ. I wonder, is there somebody here this morning, not a tax collector, although we do have I think one or two who work in the tax office. <laughs> but you're not the kind of person people would expect to be in church. You're not the kind of person people would expect to believe in Jesus Christ. I'm maybe reading too much into the text when I say, was Zacchaeus... Not able to see Jesus because the crowd wouldn't let him. They were kind of thinking, who are you to want to meet Jesus of Nazareth? 
Uh, did, did Zacchaeus have to climb up the sycamore tree? Not just because he was short, but because the people uh, were kind of crowding him out from seeing Jesus Christ. We can picture him, can't we? Uh, running. Uh, I don't know if I'm right here. I'm thinking of him not just as short, but as plump. Uh, and imagining a short, plump man running. There's something very unbecoming about that, isn't there? Lifting up his... Uh, 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 not toga, because he wasn't a Roman, but his cloak, and running uh, for the nearest sycamore tree. And then think of him trying to climb a tree. That's even more unbecoming. How uncouth, seeing this tax collector uh, hiding up a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus. I wonder, I don't know you all this morning, but is there somebody here who's hiding in a sycamore tree? I know you're in church, but... In a sense, you're hiding. And we looking at you may think, there's no way you're interested in the gospel, but actually, you know you want to see Jesus. You know. Are you an outsider? I'm an outsider, I think. I, I love being an outsider. I, I'm all for outsiders. Listen, my friend, if you feel like an outsider, uh, you may even say, I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo. Listen, my friend, Zacchaeus was such. And Jesus is interested in such. The church isn't for a certain kind of person. It's for everybody, whether you're an insider or an outsider, whether you're weird, whether you're normal. The gospel is for you. I'll never forget um, taking a funeral. Maybe some of you were there. And afterwards, we went uh, to this pub for refreshments. And there were many people attending this funeral who were religious, Welsh chapelgoers. And they were hard as nails towards me. They knew I was an evangelical minister, and I just couldn't break through to them. They were kind of avoiding me. Also present in this reception were two goths. Do you know what I'm referring to when I say goths? They were dressed in black, not just because it was a funeral. That's what they would normally wear. And they had um, goth makeup on. And people were avoiding them. They were goths. I went up to them. And they were so easy to talk to. I don't know if they believed in Jesus, but what I'm trying to say is this. Those people who looked out of place, the gospel is as much for them as it is for the chapel religious goer. Oh, what a saviour. What a saviour. That he's for every kind of person. So that's my first point. Zacchaeus was not just short of stature. He was short on everything else. And if you feel like that this morning, because actually we're all like that in the end, aren't we? Then Jesus is for you and for me. And then I read something else here, and I find this even more amazing. At first, it looks as if Zacchaeus is the one who is doing the searching. Zacchaeus is the one going out of his way to climb the sycamore tree in order to have a view of Jesus. He'd probably heard that this Jesus of Nazareth was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Maybe there's a hope for me. But what do we find? We find something even more amazing. It wasn't so much Zacchaeus who was seeking to see Jesus. 
Verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, he knew where to look. How, how could you have known that there was a person hiding in a sycamore tree? You, you and I would never have known which tree to go for, which tree to look into. But Jesus, like a heat-sicking missile, is going for the exact point. Do you know why? Because it's not so much Zacchaeus who set his heart on finding Jesus. It's the Lord Jesus who set his heart on going after Zacchaeus. I find that amazing. Do you know why I find it amazing? When it happened, Jesus Christ was on his way to the cross. How long had it been since... God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had planned for God the Son to come into this world to die for sinners like you and me. Do you know how long that had been in pre being prepared? It was prepared in eternity. Something that had been planned in eternity was just about to be executed in time. And yet, right before going to Jerusalem, Jesus knew that this one man was going to be saved because he was going after him. Uh, we've heard the phrase, haven't we? Divine appointments. Divine appointments. Um, J.C. Ryle, good old Bishop Ryle. If ever there was a soul sought and saved without having done anything to deserve it, that soul with the soul of Zacchaeus. Unasked, our Lord stops and speaks to Zacchaeus. Unasked, he offers himself to be a guest in the house of a sinner. Unasked, he sends into the heart of a tax collector the renewing grace of the spirits and puts him that day among the children of God. It was Jesus coming after Zacchaeus Zacchaeus's name had been mentioned in eternity. And now, Jesus, even on the way to Calvary, is going after this one lost person. Do, do you know what it feels like when God is speaking to you? You can be in a big meeting like this, and you may even be trying to hide. I've heard of people coming to this church and sitting not just in the gallery, but right in the back of the gallery there, thinking that they're going to be safe there. But you know what? You can't hide from Jesus Christ. He's coming after you. Oh, is he coming after somebody here this morning? I met a person and they were converted when they were drunk. They were sitting in the back seat of a bus. They were singing bawdy songs along with the other people. And God arrested them. And they were saved there and then. Uh, did Mike Meller preach on Zacchaeus when he was here with us? Wasn't he struggling with drunkenness? And am I right in saying that he was sitting on a toilet in a drunken state when the same Jesus that looked into the sycamore tree stopped and came into the heart of Mike Meller? Oh, what a gospel. It comes to us where we 
are at. I heard uh, in one conference about a man who was so incensed about Christianity, he wanted to read the Bible in order to find things to say against Christianity. And you know what he found? He found the more that he read of the Bible, the more it electrified him. And in the end, he met the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, you can meet Jesus when you least expect it. Or oh, I just long that somebody here this morning would be met by Jesus Christ. Th think of the amazement here. He looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, come quickly down, for today I must stay at your house. Imagine having Jesus Christ as your guest. I, I don't think I've had anybody famous visit my house. Well, apart from the elders. <laughs> Have you had anybody famous come to your home? Apparently, one of our elders was having tea in the Celtic Manor Hotel a number of years ago, and they saw some people waiting outside as they were going out, and this elder and his wife, they hung out with this group of people to see who was going to come, because somebody famous was probably going to come. And do you know who appeared? None other than Bruce Springsteen, the great singer. And one of our elders had the privilege of shaking hands with the boss. But he didn't go home with him, did he? <laughs> he didn't go home with him. I met a minister in the conference last week. We were talking about the famous people we'd given tracts to. And the most famous person I've ever handed a tract to is Howell Gwynvrin. Now, you have to be a Welsh speaker of a certain age to know who he is. But this man had given a tract to David Cameron. David Cameron. This minister was in one of the museums in London with his family. And lo and behold, as they were going to have dinner in the restaurant, they had David Cameron and his family in front of them and they sat at the same table sharing a meal and he was able to explain to David Cameron that he was a minister and was able to hand him a track but David Cameron didn't go home with him did he it wasn't the prime minister it wasn't even the king or the queen but the king of kings that came to Zacchaeus's house oh just think of this outsider who'd been avoided by the great and the good of society, suddenly having the Messiah come to his house. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Now then, how is this possible? And this is really the question we've got to ask. How can Jesus, the Son of God, God's Messiah, how can he even associate with a person like Zacchaeus, uh, apart from going as a guest into his house. This is what the religious people in Zacchaeus's day didn't get. That they couldn't understand why Jesus was the friend of sinners. You know that title, the friend of sinners? It was used in derision of Jesus Christ. It was a term of uh, abuse. Whereas we think, wonderful, the fact that Jesus is the saviour of sinners makes him my saviour, doesn't it? Uh, we talk, don't we, sometimes about guilt by association. <laughs> if you go to a certain meeting, 
even if you don't agree with what's happening in that meeting, you're guilty because you're there. Guilt by association. Now, for the religious leaders in Jesus' day, for somebody to be associated even with a tax collector was guilt by association on a massive scale. So when Jesus said, I'm not just going to save you, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house as your guest, that really offended, that really offended the religious establishment. Somebody's agreeing. <laughs> We're not religious here at the Heath. We're saved sinners. That's different, isn't it? And... It's not a religious system I've got. It's a man who is the saviour, the God-man. Do you know how it's done? How can God's Messiah, the Holy One, the children reminded us, how can he become my friend, your friend, if we're sinners? Listen. I'm using this as a picture. Zacchaeus is high up in the tree. Jesus is below looking up the religious leaders they were called holier than thou do you know what that means they looked down at people they were as it were standing on their platforms and they were judging the people especially the tax collectors they were looking down at them my savior doesn't look down well he is looking down now because he's in heaven but in terms of the metaphor he doesn't look down on you and me because we're sinners he looks up do you know what made him look up he he was lower than Zacchaeus that's why we sang that carol uh stooping solo that's what gives us a hope Jesus Christ the son of God he didn't stay in heaven he didn't count that as his right he came down he came so low. Do you know how far down he went? He humbled himself all the way to death, even the death on the cross. And if you're thinking of guilt by association, the cross is the ultimate in that because what happened on the cross was this. He didn't just associate with sinners like you and me. He took our sins upon himself. Isn't that amazing? He still was pure when he hung on the cross. He never committed sin. When he cried out the cry of dereliction, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was still the pure, spotless Lamb of God that was hanging there. But this is the answer. He was considered a, a sinner, the worst of sinners, because he was taking the punishment for your sin and mine. Oh, my friends, that's how it happens. Uh, there's a hymn, isn't there? Sometimes it's a children's hymn. He died. Do you know it? He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good. We're not good by nature. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. Whether you're a goth, whether you're a tax collector, whether you're a drunk, whether you're a prostitute, whether you are the worst of sinners, whether you are an outsider of the outsiders, what I'm saying is this, it doesn't matter. All are in the same position. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that all gives us hope because the saviour I've got to 
preached before us this morning is one who comes to all who will call on him. That's what I want to finish on. What did Zacchaeus do in response? He came down. He came down. Do you know what's stopping you from believing in Jesus Christ this morning? Your pride. You're still high in your tree of self-righteousness. Oh, come down. Admit that you're a sinner. You, you will admit that. We'll all admit that. Won't we? We'll all say we're not perfect. But admit that you can't save yourself. Admit that even if you're a religious person, that religion doesn't contribute one iota to your acceptance before God. What I'm trying to say is this. Come down from your tree of pride. Come. Come to Jesus as you are. And you know what's wonderful? If you do that, if you trust him as you are, he won't leave you as you are. He ch changed Zacchaeus, didn't he? And he'll transform you. Oh, I haven't got time to deal with it. But oh, what a wonderful change that came to my heart when Jesus came into my heart. Oh, listen to Zacchaeus, verse 8, if you've got a Bible. Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. What is Zacchaeus doing here? He's repenting. What is repentance? Repentance is a change of mind, a change of lifestyle. Becoming a Christian isn't just turning over a new leaf, it's becoming a new creation. And Zacchaeus' repentance doesn't make him acceptable before God. Somebody said his repentance is a believing repentance. His faith is a repentance faith. It is Christ that saves. It is Christ that changes. But what we do is come to him, even as we are, and then the grace of Jesus Christ changes us. Wonderful gospel. I came across this example. Um, never heard of it before. Uh, Wycliffe. You've all heard of Wycliffe Bible translators? Uh, they were doing a work in Brazil. We need Paul Tenshia uh, to tell us how to pronounce the language. But a team of linguists, they just finished translating the Gospel of Luke into, it looks like marmalade, but it's Mamyande language. Mamyande language. And they were recording the soundtrack for the Jesus film. And they were doing Zacchaeus. Now, this is what happened. When it came to record the section where Jesus called Zacchaeus, the only man available to read the parts of Zacchaeus was someone who was known as a scoundrel. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> a man who was always looking for ways to profit at the expense of others. So when this man recorded the part of the story where Zacchaeus repented, he could not bring himself to say the words, I stole. <laughs> but instead, he said, he stole. When this was pointed out to him, he denied that he'd made a mistake and refused to record his parts again. Eventually, he relented and agreed to record it properly. So when the recording was finished, the entire village, I can imagine this happening in India, but it happened in Brazil, the entire village crowded into the school to see the film. 
Every eye was glued to the screen for the entire two hours. And towards the end, when the film shows Jesus struggling under the cross, showing the price he paid for our sins, the man who had read the part of Zacchaeus could be seen in the middle of the crowd with streams, uh, tears streaming down his face. The man's thieving heart was touched and his life was transformed by the Saviour who died for his own very sins. Oh, my friends, it's a wonderful love, tender and true. In Moldova, Christians are called repentant ones. Can you say this morning, it isn't just Zacchaeus who's the sinner, the thief. I'm the sinner. Are you, is there anybody here this morning who's like that man, that scoundrel in that village in Brazil? You're pointing the finger at others, as it were. You can't point the finger at yourself. Oh, if you need to come down from your sycamore tree of pride, that's what you need to do. I'm the sinner. But praise God, I don't stop at that, do I? Jesus is the friend of sinners. And Jesus comes to me and I'm going to embrace him. Are you going to do that? I hear thy welcome voice that calls me, Lord, to thee for washing, cleansing in the blood that flowed on Calvary. If you do that, salvation will visit your house. Do you know what my prayer is for this church? I've said this before, but... I need to repeat it. We're so blessed here, aren't we? We've got these wonderful buildings. And I love preaching in this pulpit because you're all so near. It's nice and cosy. And we've got these wonderful doors. And now we've got wonderful things happening to the roof. But do you know what I want more than anything? Salvation to come to this house. Salvation to come to this house. It'd be better to have a tin tabernacle, a corrugated iron building, with Jesus visiting it, than to have all the best facilities in the world. And I'm grateful for that. But not have Jesus as our guest. May we know Jesus Christ coming to us. And if he has come into your heart, May he come into our hearts again and again. And if he hasn't come to your hearts, look out, because he may be coming after you. May he stop you in your tracks. And may you just come down and admit, I'm the sinner, and I'm so grateful that Jesus died for a sinner like me. And I'm going to put my trust in him. And you know what? Zacchaeus joyfully received Jesus in that way. And what joy you can leave this building with. And we, who are Christ's, can also rejoice that salvation has visited somebody here. Uh, For his namesake. Amen.